Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 189. And rolled on top of her, his hand parting her thighs, her hand guiding him between her legs, where one thrust, one magical push. Now, he was back in his old prison cell with her, and he was kissing her deeply. She wrapped her arms tightly around him, clamped her legs about his legs to hold him tight, so he could not pull out, not even if he wanted to. Never had he kissed lips so soft. He had not known that there were lips so soft in the whole world. Her tongue, though, was sandpaper rough as it slipped against his. Who are you? he asked. She made no answer, just pushed him onto his back, and in one lithe movement straddled him and began to ride him. No, not to ride him, to insinuate herself against him in series of silken smooth waves, each more powerful than the one before, strokes and beats and rhythms which crashed against his mind and his body just as the wind waves on the lake splashed against the shore. Her nails were needle-sharp and they pierced his sides, raking them, but he felt no pain, only pleasure. Everything was transmuted by some alchemy into moments of utter pleasure. He struggled to find himself, struggled to talk, his head now filled with sand dunes and desert winds. Who are you? he asked again, gasping for the words. She stared at him with eyes the color of dark amber, then lowered her mouth to his and kissed him with a passion, kissed him so completely and so deeply that there on the bridge over the lake, in his prison cell, in the bed in the Cairo funeral home, he almost came. He rode the sensation like a kite riding a hurricane, willing it not to crest, not to explode, wanting it never to end. He pulled it under control. He had to warn her. My wife Laura, she will kill you. Not me, she said. A fragment of nonsense bubbled up from somewhere in his mind. In medieval days, it was said that a woman on top during coitus would conceive a bishop. That was what they called it, trying for a bishop. He wanted to know her name, but he dared not ask her a third time, and she pushed his chest against his, and he could feel the hard nubs of her nipples against his chest, and she was squeezing him, somehow. And that's our page. So, the dream continues, Shadow and the Mystery Woman are making love, and suddenly he's back in his prison cell where they continue to make love, but he's also in the funeral home bedroom, he's in, he's on a bridge in the middle of a town over a lake, the prison cell, it's all kind of going at the same time, and that seems similar to dreams in my experience, or at least previous dreams I had when I was younger, as I've aged, my dreams have become all color and feeling, nothing specific, but... I'm not sure if that's better. Her tongue is sandpaper rough, so have you, the reader, the listener, the whatever you are in this case, figured it out? Well, yeah, Shadow's fucking the cat. Well, Bast, anyway, hopefully in her human form, but I don't know if we ever actually see her in her human form in the novel. Actually, now I've just had a thought. Maybe in his dream he's having sex with her human form, but in the funeral home he's... No, 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 no. Anyway, let's read forward to escape from the awful visual I just had. Bast climbs on top of him, and Shadow's mind begins to see visions of deserts and sand, and this is maybe an intentional or possibly unintentional nod to how Salim saw similar visions when he and the jinn were having sex. Maybe this is just the result of having sex with a god? You get visions of their homeland? There are worse things to envision while having sex, especially because Wednesday's visions would be fjords and men hanging from trees and all kinds of other crazy shit. Oh god, why did I make a note about the worst thing to envision while you're having sex? Is your parents having sex? Well, hopefully you can stop thinking about it. Bast does not give Shadow a name when he asks her twice, and he's about to ask her a third time when he realizes that he needs to not have an orgasm and also needs to warn Laura that 
or warn Bast that Laura has serious revenant powers and would really tear this woman limb from limb if she knew, but Bast is not intimidated in the least by this. She's been around for quite a while. Bast, also known as Bastet, was worshipped as far back as 2890 BCE and depicted as a woman with the head of a cat. She appears in this form as in Sandman as well, though much less human, more of a cat on two legs, more than human-human. She was also depicted in some versions as having the head of a lioness instead of just a standard house cat, but depending on the era when she was worshipped, it could be one or the other. She was considered the protector of Lower Egypt, where she was also worshipped as Bubastis. She was defending the sun god Ra, and thus would often be depicted fighting Apep, a giant serpent in Ra's greatest enemy. As you may already know, cats were highly revered in Egypt, not least of all because they were able to deal with pests like rats who would threaten food stores. And this reminds me, at least, of the Viking ship in the first Coming to America section, where they had a cat for luck, and that when I was researching that the idea could have come from contact the Vikings had with people of the Nile. There is a British phrase, said the actress to the bishop, which is essentially a slightly less irritating version of that's what she said, but I was I really wasn't able to find a reference to trying for a bishop except in places that would have no point of reference or other discussions of American gods. So, I don't know. This may be because if you look up bishop and sex, you get an awful lot of information on child sexual abuse, so I don't know. If this is something that you've heard before or you have a reference for, please email me or tweet at me. Send me a telegram. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember... Only the gods are real.